All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, everybody. Weather's Nation Radio episode 210. It is NHL Draft Week. Bag Milk here with Dan, Rick, Tyler. We're going to break down everything that's going on with the Edmonton Oilers. Look ahead at the draft that's kicking off on Thursday and Friday in Montreal. Tyler was there. We are going to get uh, a quick breakdown on what's going on from Montreal. But first, we say hello to our friends at Oodle Noodle. 17 locations and counting. More on the way, just not quite yet, but stay tuned. I promise you there will be a location near you as they continue their world domination. One noodle location at a time. Mr. Uremchuk from his fancy hotel room mm-hmm. with some art painted on the wall. What are you looking at now? Uh, right in front of me, you don't see the wall art in front of me. Uh, it's a mirror that's cut out to say the word magnifique. And I'm practicing my French because I can't order at any restaurants right now. Oh, you can. They just pretend that they don't understand you. Uh, Tyler, what is the Oodle Noodle Delicious debate for this week as we head into the draft? Uh, The Oodle Noodle Delicious debate is what will be the first move we see from the Edmonton Oilers this week? Open open it up the floor. Who wants to jump in? Otherwise, I'll just take the obvious one off the board. I, do, I think that, unfortunately, as much as I don't want it to happen, I did a rant on Better Late Than Never about why it's silly to make it happen. But I think that, yes, a Puliarvi will not be with the Edmonton Oilers by the end of the weekend. And it pains me to say, I don't agree with it. There's got to be a way to figure it out. But I still think that's what's going to happen. So that is my guess for the first move the Edmonton Oilers will make. Interesting. I, I do think that'll happen this week. I don't know about the first move, though. I think for me... The first move could come a little bit earlier than that. And I think it'll be with their, from a player who actually has more value on the open market. And that's probably Tyson Berry. And I think the Oilers will have an easier time 
moving on from him. And even though he might get you a second or a third rounder, or maybe some combination of picks, I think teams will be okay with jumping the gun and doing that deal on day one of the draft. So they can sort out the rest of their draft plans afterwards. So I'm going to go ahead and say the first deal we get this week is a Tyson Berry trade. Now I'll, I'll ask you actually after Dan or Rick first uh, move the Oilers make. I'm going to go with the $1 option and just say that the Oilers dra- trade down for draft picks that that's a Ken Holland staple move. He likes to add more bullets into the chamber. And so I will say that that's the first move that they make. Rick. Well, I was going to say a move in the first round pick, but seeing how that one's gone, um, I think we're going to see a re-sign, you know, a re-signing somewhere, hmm. whether it be Kulak, whether we find out the key situation, but I think you'll, you'll hear that before the first round pick then. Interesting. So since I you brought up them. Keith and Tyler brought up Tyson Berry, my question to Tyler is the follow-up to his prediction is if Duncan Keith says he's coming back next year, don't you think that impact uh, or he does not come back next year? Sorry. If he's like, you know what? I've won everything there is to win in hockey. I've made my money. I got my rings. I think I'm done. Don't you think that would impact Tyson Berry being traded at all? Uh, I don't. Yes. I think you're going to have one or the other on the roster next year. I do too. I don't think they're that connected. I think Tyson Berry is a little bit of a luxury that you don't need because of the presence of a guy like Evan Bouchard. And, you know, if that were to ever go wrong for whatever reason on the power play, Darnell Nurse can always take some power play minutes as well. I think that there's a chance Keith doesn't come back. They re-sign Kulak. They still move on from Barry because I think he's a little bit overpaid for what the Oilers need in that spot, which is just a third pairing D-man. When again, you consider Bouchard can be that guy on the top power play unit. I think you can move on from each of them, take that cap money and maybe do something even bigger, flashier, sexier with it. Yeah, that's fair. I was kind of just referring to the fact I didn't think they're both going to be on the roster next year. I think it'd be either one, but if we can get out of from both of them, that'd be some tidy little business. It'd be really interesting. I don't know. Like the UFA D-man market isn't great. Um, there's Chris Latang. Well, we really don't need to dip into it, really. I mean, if you re-sign Kulak and you move Broberg up, um, maybe you're looking at one Chris Russell. The only and, thing that would concern me there is what if Nurse isn't ready to start the season, right? Then are you comfortable well, that's where the going Chris through Russell him? comes in. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. I mean, yeah. it'd be, it'd be, it would be a, a, an iffy start because you're really not going to be able to replace um, Nurse's type of minutes and game style because he really just can't afford to do that. Mm-hmm. And if he's back in, you know, mid, mid-December, um, yeah, maybe you're, you're grit, gritting your teeth a little bit in the early, in the early going, but I think you'd be okay come, come Christmas time. Yeah, I, I think maybe something that happens is if Duncan Keith lets you know today or tomorrow, let's say that, Hey, I'm not coming back guys. I'm pulling the plug on this thing. Then maybe it changes how you approach a Tyson Berry trade, right? Like maybe right now, if Keith comes back, Holland is in there going, someone give me a second or a third. I need the money. And if Keith says, I'm not coming back, maybe Holland sits there and goes, you know what? Let's try to get maybe a better fit here. Maybe that's when you flip them to the Islanders for like a Scott Mayfield, or you get something that actually works on your roster right now. And you change your ask for Barry a little bit. Cause if Keith's back, you just straight up need the cap relief of Barry being gone. If Keith yep. isn't back, then all of a sudden it's kind of like, ah, if Barry is here next season, it's not like the end of the world. 
It'd be an interesting weekend. Do you think that do you, a lot of times we've done this a lot of times now at the nation where we hype up the draft and what could come, what's to come. Does anybody think that there's just not really going to be a whole lot happening from an Oilers perspective over the next what four days, three days? I not I not, dra- not draft pick wise. I don't think. What about just player movement in general, just overall? Like my, I also like, it's fun to talk about these trades and the rumors and who could be out, who could be coming in. But I also, there's just a big chunk of me that just thinks we're going to see Holland go up and make his picks. And that's going to be that for the weekend. Well, and that's, I think based off of, you know, the knowledge of the fact that we have Ken Holland as a GM and he's not a, you know, he's not a out of left field kind of guy. Um, you know, I guess in the unexpected, um, I still think that there is some things that he'll do, but I, I tend to agree bag milk that it's, uh, that this draft, I think this draft is just going to kind of be a, a whole hum for one for us where we end up getting, you know, a middle of the middle of the pack grade and, and, uh, the transactions happen closer once there's more clarity with the cane situation too. See, that doesn't happen for a while yet. I don't think, right. Not to like the end of the month, the 20th, 20th, no, but I think there. I think once you start to, once you, once you get closer to that market opening there, I think there's more conversations to be had about and like the interest around Kane as it is. I don't know. Like I just, some I of these, some of these be- trades, some of these trades, if you think he's going to make trades have to be done before. Um, sometimes they want them done before the draft, right? Cause they want yeah. the picks not per se anything else. Yeah. So I think uh, if he, if he's making moves this summer, I think you're going to see, uh, uh, this is not going to be a boring couple of days for us. Let's just say that. There was an interesting we'll thing to talk about. Yeah, there was an interesting thing someone just said uh, on Twitter. Apparently, Bob Stoffer on his show today said the Oilers don't have a first round pick this year, and then quickly backtracked and said, "Well, you never know, but it's something to watch come Thursday." And I don't know. I'm starting to really think. Like again, I've said this on a few shows now, but Chris Peters, prospect analyst, draft guru over at Daily Faceoff, he said he views the tiers in this draft as. There's one to three, right? It's right, Slavkovsky and Cooley. And then from three, kind of almost all the way down to 10, 10 to 16, 20. And then from 20, it drops off all the way to 60. 20 to 60, he says, they're all more or less the same grade, the same quality of a prospect. So what'll be interesting is if the Oilers, who Ken Holland's traded down in back-to-back drafts at some point here, he likes doing that. It's something that the organization clearly views as a good strategy. If the Oilers are saying, hey, let's try to move down, but every other team is like, well, no, we also want to move down. Like, we also don't want a bunch of picks or like a higher pick because we can get the guy we want later. Does Holland just look at that pick? If you get a second for Barry and you're sitting there going, okay, well, we're picking at 29. And we also have this Barry pick now that's like 37 or something because it's from Seattle. I don't know when they pick. Maybe you do sit there and just look seriously at like packaging Pooley with the first round pick and being like, all right, what does this thing get us? And trying to get, make like an actual impact move instead of just kind of biting around the edges with some fringe trades. So last year at the draft, uh, the Oilers traded down from 19 to 22. That's where they got Xavier Borgo. And then they also picked up a 90th pick, which was Matt Bay Petrov. They used on that one. So I was watching a little bit of the oil stream with Dusty Nielsen and Tom Gazzola today. Tom thinks that the Oilers are going to trade down to try and just get more picks. Cause it's probably kind of like what Tyler said, where mm-hmm. 
a big chunk of these prospects are quite evenly matched and you never really know whose draft board looks like what. So I'm also starting to think that the Oilers may not have a pick in the first round, not because they're trading it for a roster player, but just because they're trying to add more bullets for the second and third round. Like if you could, could you trade the 29th overall pick for a second and a third? It's possible. Carolina last year traded a late first round, not quite as late as 29th, but they traded that pick for two seconds last year. It's doable. Maybe that's yeah. something Ken Holland looks at because um, if they don't do that, the Oilers pick at 29th and then nothing until the fifth round. So that's quite a gap to just be hanging around on day two. You, uh, what did you say? The deal last year to move down, it was they went from 19 went from to 19 to 22, and then they picked up the 90th pick as well. So that was a third rounder. Okay. And the other one they did, and this one just looks unbelievable, but they traded their third round pick and moved down. And then they got the picks that landed them Carter Savoy and Tyler Tulio, which are both better right now automatically than the guy who went in their original slot. Like, I mean, he, I shouldn't say that. Like, he's a good, fine prospect, but like Savoy and Tulio. You heard it here first. Tyler says that guy is a bust. He had like 70 points in 51 OHL games. Like, he's fine, but like Tulio <laughs> and Savoy have already like greatly boosted their draft stock, you know? Yes. Yeah. Trading yeah. downs worked well for him. So maybe that's what they do. Like I said, they don't have a whole lot of bullets. The second round pick is gone to Montreal. That was from the Kulak trade. The third round pick that is gone as part of the Duncan Keith trade. And the fourth one, I don't remember. Kulikov, maybe? Something like that. That's the Kulikov deal. Wow. There you go. So maybe bold moves. Maybe not. We shall see. It is Tuesday afternoon as we're recording this. Our friends at Oodle Noodle want... You don't know that they've got 17 locations and counting. If you don't want to leave your house, it's pouring rain today, Tyler. I don't know what it's like in Montreal. Raining. Maybe you just use our friends at DoorDash and you get the delicious oodle noodle delivered to you, unless you're Tyler, in which case you cannot. Yeah, but at least on DoorDash, if I do it here, I can actually read the menus. Hmm? There you go. Tyler's in Montreal. You cannot read menus. I'm surprised that they don't have also just bilingual menus over there. Uh, it says on all of them that you can ask for English menus, but I'm too scared. Oh, you should be scared, man. <laughs> Don't be scared. Just get up there. Uh, oh, now I'm terrified that our young man won't eat anything over the course of the next. Don't worry. I mean, oh, it's just got to open up their menu on. You just got to open up their menu online. I'm sure you can get the little Google Translate going on there. There you smart. go. That's we use technology play. to make solutions. Yeah. What kind of Pringles are those? Uh, barbecue, the only acceptable form of Pringles. All other Pringles assumed, are trash. I, I assume Quebec only had Prongles. I uh, love Prongles. I think the Delicious. guy at the corner store may have gypped me, though. Um, but I'm <laughs> not sure. Because it was one of those corner stores where like, he just looked at my items and punched numbers into a calculator. And my total was relatively high for the items I bought. <laughs> well, let's walk through it. What'd you get? We're, we're talking trades here. You traded mm -hmm. currency for yeah. goods. What do we got? Six Budweiser's. Because they had that. So, Rick, what's the ballpark on six buds? You know what? Through the liquor store there, that's probably around 18, 20 bucks. Okay, maybe I'm not that off. And then I had, I got two white claws, but they're the tall boys. And Pringles. <laughs> yeah, those are probably six or seven dollars a piece. You think they're six or seven a pop? I like a. Yeah, like I a... think the regular size ones would be like just over five. five. Oh, maybe I didn't get gypped. I don't know. It was so, it was like thirty nine eighty some for those items and the Pringles. Young man doesn't know the value of alcohol. So what we're learning here is that 
Tyler needed lunch and what he got was himself he got <laughs> six Budweiser's, two White Claws and a thing of Pringles. No, I actually stopped at a place and ate real lunch. And then I also just, you know, you got to stock the room early in the trip, right? <laughs> Which flavors of White Claws? Uh, the iced tea ones. They're very good. Oh, I haven't had those yet. You should. They're deadly. Well, after your Bud Light soda incidents, I, I'll, I'll believe you when I believe you. How's that? There you go. The Noodle Noodle Delicious debate for our friends at The Nudes and also at DoorDash. I'd like to hear from you. What's the first move that the Oilers make at the NHL draft? If you're listening to this after the draft, I don't want to hear from you. You already know the answers. That's cheating. We don't want cheaters on this podcast. Owen Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I want to hear what's the first move the Oilers will make. My vote, as I mentioned, was unfortunately, I think, yes, a Puliarvi gets moved at the draft. I don't like it, but Kevin Weeks is a tweeting. Unfortunately, we didn't get a video from Kevin Weeks on this one. I was a little bit disappointed, but he tweeted, I'm told the Edmonton Oilers are actively shopping. Yes, Pooley And there's some interest from clubs in market for his services. Curious to see if there's a match for a potential deal between now and next week's entry draft. So that was from yesterday. Um, so that's this week's entry draft. What's everybody think about the yes, Pooley situation? This just bums me out. I, I, I don't like that we're here. Whether he asked for a trade or he didn't, I was hopeful that this two-year kind of show-me deal was going to lead into something greater for yeah. Yessa. And then now that it's potentially coming to an end, the relationship that is, I'm just bummed out. I think he helps the team. I think there's times when I wish there was more offense coming, but I also see him as a young player still, even though some people are writing him off at 24. I just think there's more there. There's more coming from this player and to lose him now, especially when the back half of the season wasn't necessarily what we would have liked. It's just, it feels like a waste to me. Remember when he had that hot start to the season and we were sitting here being like, would you sign him to eight by four? Would he even take eight by four? Cause he was scoring so much. He was putting up like great numbers early in the season. And it is disappointing. Um, the thing that's just annoying for me is, or uh, annoying, funny, causes me to roll my eyes into the back of my head, is how the debate and the argument from pretty much all the same parties has just been the exact same stuff. Like no new information has come out no. in the last four months about this player, yet somehow it is still constantly trending on Twitter. Like how have the people who are arguing about this till they're blue in the face not just been like, all right, you know what? I'm I'm just going to hold off for a little bit. Like I've said my piece, like, I don't know. I think, I just think it's funny how every time I open my Twitter, I still have the same four tweets. They're the same sentiments of tweets come popping up on my timeline. I was like, Holy shit, man. People are just so passionate about it, which is great. Fan base is passionate. And it is disappointing that, you know, this could very well be the end of the road for a fourth overall pick. And, you know, when you pick that high, you should be adding like a cornerstone piece to your franchise. Colorado avalanche got kill McCarr fourth overall one year. Right. Um, and the Oilers are going to sell for pennies on the dollar again, which is just beyond frustrating because you'd hoped with one of the highest paid GMs in the NHL that they were kind of done with that shit. And they're clearly not. According to Daniel Nugent Bowman today over at the athletic, uh, Ken Holland has stated he will not trade. Yes. A for a draft pick. It's got to be a player that could come in and help now be that as a straight up or as part of a package. So take that for what it's worth. Rick or Dan, what do you think about this whole mess? Go ahead, Rick. I like Tyler said, honestly, everything online is kind of annoying. Like I, a lot of people have these absolute statements. They they're talking to their ass. They really don't know what they're talking about. I think a lot of people will be actually kind of frustrated to know that it's 
probably yes. I'm a little bit pushing towards the, Hey, I might need a, I would, I would appreciate a new start somewhere else. And it's kind of like the, probably a little more stubborn in that stance than most people realize it's, 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 you know, he's, I, I still, I still believe in the player himself. I think he's going to be a little bit of a late bloomer, but if the, uh, the numbers don't lie, like right averages don't lie. So if his numbers are that good, eventually his offense is going to catch up. Um, also, he's going to be a cheap contract. There's no way he's going to really be overpaid. Um, especially when you think that uh, if you got him to a four or five year contract with a salary cup going up probably quite a bit in the next couple of years, uh, halfway through his contract, then he could be actually even cheaper at that point. So uh, I kind of understand where the feelings are. Um, I wish they weren't. I wish they, we, we realize that, you know, what we have here is keep sculpting this player. Cause I think he could turn into a, into something really special. If, uh, you know, if he, if he fulfills to, to his potential, but it is what it is, I guess. And uh, I still, I don't think it's over. Cause I don't know if any team's going to offer enough for Holland to make that move. And if he doesn't make that move, pushes it back further down the summer. And I think the longer you wait, the more the, the emotion comes out of it and you might not be so as down on yourself. And uh, it might be something where, you know, you're like, Hey, sign a one-year contract. And we'll see what happens throughout the year. Before Dan kicks off, one of the funny things to me about this, I'm just trying to stay out of it, generally speaking, other than saying like, if it happens, I'd be bummed to lose him because I love the player. But when people speak in absolutes, it's very funny to me where it's like, yes, I asked for a trade. Well, no, he didn't. Cause Ken Holland told DNB that he didn't. Well, okay. Like just to be fair though, is Ken Holland going to tell you the truth <laughs> to try and get rid of his leverage in this situation? Of course not. At least I wouldn't want him to. If my GM's out there talking to the media and giving him his exact plans, I think that's a bigger problem than, uh, than mine. <laughs> but ultimately, we'll have to see to what happens because what was reassuring to me is Ken Holland. And this, uh, this I believe, is that he's not going to trade him for a second or third round pick. He's unless the player can help now, then there's no point in making the move because it's going to hurt the team. So I appreciated that Holland was patient the first time. I expect him to be patient the second time. And all we can really do, I, I, I am tired of talking about it to a certain extent, but we'll have to see how things play out. Dan, you're safe. Yeah. I mean, I just, I guess to kind of, elaborate on what you're saying there bag milk is the fact that it sounds like at least Ken Holland recognizes that he has an RFA here. It's not a UFA. This is a guy that we have under our control and we don't have to get rid of if, if the price isn't the value that we mark him at. And then it's a, you know, that it comes down to arbitration or it comes down to negotiations after that. So I don't know. It's uh the Jesse Puyarvi, the Justin Schultz, the Mike Comrie, the, you know, like whatever, Tom whoever, Tom Pody, who, uh, Jeff Petrie, whoever you want to list as the person that has divided the fan base and it's one side versus the other. It's always just deflating to, to see it usually pan out the same way. I, I don't think we've dragged it out with too many guys, maybe nail Yakupov uh, longer than it should have been, but it's just, it's silly. It's a, it's a silly, will he or won't he thing that we do with these guys. And it just, it, again, you listen to the four of us. We're all just sounding deflated and defeated about the resolution of this as all, as well as the discussion that's, that's ensued for months, if not years now with this player. It is this, like, this feels like this has just gone on forever. 
And uh, to be fair, man, if he goes into next season with the way everything's going, the expectations on this guy are going to be so high, so hard for him to like, it's going to be crazy because you're going to have one side who quickly wants to say, ha ha, we are right. He's no good. The other side quickly want to say, ha ha, we are right. He's great. Well, that's I mean, it's, why it's, it's exhausting. That's where the exhausting. exhaustion comes in because it's like, you're right, Rick, if he stays here and he, then, then the debate is whether he should have stayed here or not. And if he goes somewhere else, we've seen it with Ethan bear, then it's and an how can entire we make year such a, of tracking. And why are we, and how can we make such a big deal out of a, out of a player who's going to make two and a half million dollars? Like, I mean, it's going to sound so, it, it gets blown out of absolute proportion. But, now he's like, dude, he's, he, but we almost know what he's going to be. He's going to be a middle six forward. Two and a half million dollars contractor of that, maybe up to four ish. Um, there's no way we should be losing our minds over this. The guy's going to play 13, 14, 15 minutes. And we've, I don't know if his game's going to drop all that much, but it can only get higher. So if he's got a bit of a floor, we know what the floor is already. It's everything's just out of proportion now. And it's almost better for him to go and get away from this, start fresh, and not have that bullshit that, on him. That's why, like, for, on a personal level, I'm, I'm almost sitting here being like, let him go. Like, just get him out of here. Like, the conversation around him, like, if he comes out next season and does poorly, the side that thinks he is this top-line winger, driving play and all that, they'll sit there and say, Woodcroft's not using him properly. He's not getting proper ice time. And there'll be a laundry list of reasons why, no, no, he's actually still great. You just aren't seeing it because he's not being used right. If he comes out and plays great, the side right now that thinks he should have been healthy scratch for the entire playoffs, the, you'll, the articles and the headlines will be Pulley Harvey's doing great because he's buying in and he buckled up his bootstraps <laughs> yeah. and he yeah. listened to leadership. Yeah. And, you know, he spent the summer working hard and like, it'll just be all like some weird best shape tangibles. of his life coming yeah. to the camp. Oh, I love best shape <laughs> of his life. But right. Like that all hundred percent. We've seen that time and time again here. where like, if the analytics darling struggles, it's the coach's fault. It's the teammates fault. It's the media's fault. If the analytics darling does well, nothing to do with like modern hockey thoughts or anything. It's like, no, no, bootstraps got pulled up. This guy learned how to play real <laughs> hockey. I, it'll, like, changed, it's just so predictable. And I'm not saying, uh, no. I, I'm not going to say one thing or another about what he'll end up being. I, I know the underlying numbers are excellent with Yasapoli Arvi, but like that also, and I'm just being fair in the middle of the argument, that doesn't also guarantee future success either because we had a guy here in martin marinson who analytics people fucking loved i'm not comparing the two by the way so don't at me (laughs) analytics people loved him and it just it didn't work out but now you have people and i saw someone say this the other day where they were like oh but marinson wasn't marinson and fane weren't actually good analytics players like those analytics were flawed and it's like well okay like what are we really doing here then i don't know (laughs) i don't know either uh, just real quick around the horn is yes, a pulley here when we record on whatever the recap episode on Tuesday next week. Are we not doing a, are we going to do a Friday recap episode? Yes. Well, Friday will be in the middle of the, of day two, yeah, right? So it could be, he could be moved at some point of that day, but like, let's say next Tuesday, when we do the full recap is yes, a pulley No. Yes. Dan says yes. Tyler says no. Rick says yes. Yes. I'm going to say no. So we're split. Ooh, a podcast divided. How will we're we overcome split. this? <laughs> uh, moving on to another rumor surrounding the Oilers that just kicked off yesterday, I believe. Uh, Claude Giroux. Can I interest anyone in Claude Giroux? Like when I saw that, I think it's Pierre Lebrun that report. I don't have it in my notes here, but I'm pretty sure it was Pierre Lebrun that the Oilers are interested in Claude Giroux. And he's at least seemingly showing interest back. Um, Friedman said it too. 
Friedman said it too as well. So what does everybody also think I about said Claude it. Giroux? And Dan said uh, it too. First off, since I'm practicing my French, uh, Jaru, I believe is how uh, you would Jaru. I am French and I can tell you that that is in the ballpark at least. Thank you. Um, if it wouldn't have been two of the bigger insiders in hockey reporting it, if it would have been like some fringe, whatever, I would have rolled my eyes and been like, shut up. It's not happening. Cause it doesn't feel like something that should happen. And then you kind of peel back the layers of the reports for this thing. And it's like, okay, you know, there may not be a huge market of teams offering a multi-year deal to Giroux who are also teams who can contend. If the Oilers now have this perception that with McDavid and dry they're just a few pieces away from being a routine conference final cup final team, then all of a sudden they're a team that players look at and go, Hey, we can win there. If you're a forward, you're going, I can win there and I can pile in a ton of goals with Connor McDavid and Leon dry That sounds like fun. And if Claude Giroux's options are a one-year deal from Toronto, a seven-year deal from Ottawa, just to go home and have the feel good story. And then like a one-year deal from Florida, one-year deal from Colorado. And Edmonton goes, no, no, we'll give you a three-year deal. It'll be four million, four and a half million a season or something like that. And your family can have some stability. We'll give you a no movement clause and you get a chance to win and you get a little bit more money and you get to play with McDavid and Drysdale. Like the case for Edmonton to be intriguing for Giroux is actually pretty realistic, which is weird because before the idea was reported, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. So last year, just before the other boys give their takes, Giroux had 21 goals split between Philly and Florida and uh, what is that? 65 points. So he's still productive despite being 35 or 34 years old. And also another thing that could be intriguing to the Oilers, despite the fact that he plays on the wing a lot these days, he can still take draws and, and very, he's a right shot. Well. Uh, Dan or Rick, how about a slightly used Claude Giroux? Well, the best part about Jaru is it sounds like Evander who, and <laughs> I am all for that. Uh, I, to me, it's an upgrade in the sense that you don't have the question marks with the Giroux like you do in my in with an Evander game, uh, giving him extra years. And so, yeah, I mean, especially at that number, it's that's, that's the part that's really exciting to me is, is the possibility of a Hyman Giroux Pugliarvi line. Amazing. All those things are exciting, but, but the value that he would bring to this team at that kind of a number is huge. Well, I was going to ask, is this just the Claude Giroux thing? Is it just the Evander Kane hedge? Wow. I, like, I don't know. I feel like to me, I would say it's, it's an upgrade, but yes, I think that's a fair comment. And then we have to start talking about the Evander Kane arbitration case that could carry into the middle of, of uh, free agency. I almost view Giroux as the safer option, right? Like with Claude Giroux, you are in all likelihood getting between 60 and 75 points next season. If you look at his historic numbers and the fact that he'd get to play with some legit skill, you're getting a comfortable middle of the road or like good top six wingers going to score you a pile of points at a decent price tag, but not super long-term. He's also not going to score you 45 goals or 40 goals next season, which if Evander Kane, if he peaks next year for 82 games, he's scoring you 40 plus. And you know, the high end of Kane is maybe better than the high end of Giroux, but the low end of what Kane can do, like we saw in Winnipeg, Buffalo, and San Jose, the low end of Evander Kane, especially towards the end of that contract, could be ugly. And you at least don't have that drastic of a downside with Claude Giroux. Rick, how do you feel about Giroux versus Kane versus who the fuck cares? 
Well, like Tyler was saying, I think uh, I think Giroux might be their their secondary option, and I can see how he'd be a little safer. But I think um, it de- it, de- it all depends on how Kane's situation goes. Like, does he come over with his current contract, which only has what three years left on it? Mm-hmm. Do you have to re-sign him to something that's gonna be set six, seven years long? I mean, if we can get that three million dollar to the three year contract over here for what is it seven and change? Uh, if we can get that over here, I like that because the one thing that stands out to me is he's more of a goal scorer than Giroud, and I think we need a goal scorer. But doesn't don't doesn't the three million dollars that you'd save with a Giroud and be able to part port into something else that this team needs more important than yeah. an Evander Kane for that an extra ten another, goals? Well, that could be so, the dance point. Another, but it's not goal. an extra ten goals. It's like an extra. It could be extra twenty twenty five goals if he gets up to forty five goals. Yeah, but you could look at, you know, maybe some extra primary assists Giroux picks up that help you out. You know, maybe Giroux's a better fit because he's a right shot on your power play as a centerman. If he's winning the extra draws, maybe, I don't know if he kills penalties or not. We've just, we've, we've gone through this. We've gone through this so much. We've gone through this so much. We've gone just through this for forever with, with guys who are always just like choosing to pass it, choosing to pass it, choosing to pass it. We've sat here and wanted a, a shooter, a goal scorer for, you know, since back in Hemsky's days. How many times do we dust it off too many times on the power play right now? I just, I just like that mentality of, of a one shot goal scorer, of a guy who wants to score goals. Um, I just, I think that's really, that's really important to this team. So let's say you're Ken Holland and you have a pile of $8 million in this hypothetical. You can either get Kane and Russell or Kulak and Giroux. Which duo do you choose? I think in that scenario, if those are my options, I do Giroux and Kulak. Because Kulak is significant upgrade over Russell in the back end. Yeah, I think I go with that too. I just and that's just the value. Really hoping that's there. just not the option. Yeah, that's fair. And I and again, there probably is a world where they afford both Kane and both Kulak if they so choose. But then you'd sit there and you'd add the third layer to that, which is okay. Well, if you go the Kane and Kulak option, is your starting goalie next year James Reimer versus if you go like a Giroux? Kulak option is you're starting goalie next year, Huso or Kemper or Campbell. I'm okay if it's not Kemper, to be honest with you. I didn't even want Kemper here. I wasn't pushing to get Kemper here when he was coming out of Fina, out of uh, Arizona or whatever. I think with Kemper too, like he, the reality is fair or not, he's going to get that sweet cup ring bump, you know? <laughs> yeah. The Oilers just, they just don't have a whole lot of money to play with. And unless Ken Holland works some magic here over the next couple of weeks, but uh, that's going to be an interesting one. The goaltending situation, because we're still today, July 5th, we're still waiting on Mike Smith and we're still waiting on Duncan Keith Smith, likely according to Darren Dreger to go on the LTIR next year, um, which creates the hole. You need some money to fill that hole. Mm-hmm. And it's an important one too. You can't, you can't just fuck it up. Really yesterday on real life, Tyler and Jay were going back and forth about Jack Campbell. So I want to ask you guys too. Jay was vehemently against Campbell. Tyler, you were a little bit more open to it, I think, but yeah. what do you guys think Dan and Rick about Jack Campbell potentially coming over? The others just seem to be collecting <laughs> former Leafs here. Well, we're doing it very, with a very uh, high rate of return. We're, very successful with it right True. now. True. Um, this is you're at the craps table. It's you know eleven forty five. You rolled a couple in a row here. You, dude, you're feeling good. Going. I I honestly, 
depending on on the dollar amount, I, I would think I'd look at it. Dan, what do you think about Jack Campbell? I'm not like I guess I liked Jack Campbell before he arrived in Toronto. Uh, what he did with Toronto didn't necessarily like it, it didn't strike me as, um, as anything better than what we got from Smith really. Um, and so I, I like I'm timid on it. It depends on the price of acquisition and everything. And I'm also in the back of my mind. It's just like, well, if Toronto is getting rid of somebody, why would we be the ones to pick it up? But at the same time, I understand that there's a log jam there with their money that they've spent on their goaltenders. So that that's the issue. Um, I'm not against a, a pickup of Campbell, though. I don't think he's as bad as as he would be in Toronto with us. So his last three seasons in Toronto, well, I guess two seasons because the first one doesn't really count. Uh, 921 in 2020, 21 and 9-14 in 2021-22. Tyler, your thoughts on Jack Campbell? I just think when you look back through basically since he became a full-time NHLer, you know, 2018, 2019, the guy had a 2.30 goals against average 928 save percentage. The next year he had 20 games with LA, 285, 900. He played six games with Toronto, 915. Then in his last two seasons in Toronto, it's been a 921 and a 914. Like there is a bit of a track record here of this guy giving pretty consistent, solid numbers at the NHL level. He's only 30. He only has 135 games under his belt. And it's pretty wild. I, or I should, like I was thinking about Braden Holpe the other day as an option. And you look at Holpe and he's 32, but he's played almost 400 more games. When you include the playoffs, it's almost 100 more games than Jack Campbell has in his career. And he's only two years older. That's wild to me. Um, Campbell's 30 years old. He's still in that window where you can expect good results from a goalie. And he doesn't have a lot of, you know, tread on the tires or wear on the tires. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, Um, but I think he'd be a fine option. We always hear about how he's a good teammate. You know, there's a history of going after Leafs and it working out well here. You would imagine he's like close to someone like Zach Hyman, right? I, I think it could work out really well. But like with all things in free agency, the price has to be right. Like you're not giving Jack Campbell six by six. That would be a mistake. Five by five would give me, you know, some pause four years by five or five years by four. Then all of a sudden, I think I'm starting to sit there and go, yeah, I think that's a guy who can pretty easily live up to that contract. And people want to talk about, oh, well, if he's not the guy to get the Leafs out of the first round, how could he be good here? Um, A, you could say that about Zach Hyman, right? They let him go. They decided, hey, he's not going to be a part of our core. That'll help us get out of the first round. You could also sit there and say, Jack Campbell between the pipes. Lost in the first round of Montreal, where he was outdueled by Carey Price, who was having just a magical run. He was, you know, vintage prime Carey Price that run. And then this year, he got outdueled by Andre Vasilevsky. He only gave up two goals in game seven. Like he did his job in those series. I know there were some bad games there in each of those series mixed in, but when, when it was crunch time, like he kind of held up his end of the bargain, I think. So I think he's a really intriguing option. I'd be very open to signing Campbell. Uh, either way, the Oilers need a little bit of insurance between the pipes. Unfortunately, they cannot get it from our friends at Cornerstone Insurance, but they can provide you with every other insurance product you may need. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you need. Our friends at Cornerstone have got it. Check them out at cornerstoneins.ca. And on the left-hand side of the screen, Citizens of the Nation, there's a little button there. Get yourself a discount on your insurance. I like it. Um, Looking ahead a little bit. 
before we get to ask the idiots, I've got a couple of questions, uh, some, some, some quick housekeeping items. So Brian Wiseman yesterday, Jason Greger wrote on the site, he would be leaving as a co- assistant coach for the others that became official today when he signed as an assistant with the New York Islanders. Also Dustin Schwartz, Gregor confirmed yesterday will be returning as the goalie coach for the Oilers. So I'm sure there's some people that are thrilled about that news. And lastly, just the Tampa Bay Lightning continue to make things happen as they traded Ryan McDonough to the Nashville Predators for Philip Myers and Grant Mismash, which is a great name. Tyler, you had some interesting points about that trade yesterday. It was just one of those ones where like Tampa just keeps finding ways to do it. And it's annoying. Like that's why I believe the Oilers need to get aggressive with trying to clear some cap space because they need it. Yeah. That's a good player though. Yep. He is a good player. But we haven't, we have like, what we're trying to make these moves. We're, we're trying to like flip an anchor or something like that. I mean, there's still a lot of pauses to Ryan McDonough. I think uh, I would say, I would say Tyson Berry is a good player. And I think this is an opportunity where before I don't think we were looking at moving them. And I think this season or this off season, sorry, would be a good time. And we'll, and we'll, Paul will get judged on this. I think part of the skill of being a GM too, is just knowing when to cut bait. And I think that's what Tampa Bay is doing here. Like McDonough was a good player for them in the playoffs. He was fine, right? A legit top four guy, but he's 33. He's got four more years on that deal and he's making 6.75 million. You have, other younger, cheaper options percolating in your system that can probably step up and play a bit of a bigger role. And you're just getting out of this contract while some other GMs still look at McDonough and go, that's a guy we want on our team where a year from now, two years from now, you never know with how defensemen age, he could all of a sudden be an unmovable asset. And I I really applaud Julian Brisebois for, uh, for getting out of this contract when he did and not just getting McDonough, but in the deal, picking up Philippe Myers, who has this super unique, um, buyout structure where if you buy him out this summer for this coming season, you actually get a cap credit of $675,000. I thought those weren't a thing. Yeah. How much is that going to annoy every single Oilers fan? (laughs) Annoys me right now. I know it's like not directly comparable, so whatever, but it still is annoying to be like, oh yeah, they're getting a cap credit months after the NHL said there's no such thing as cap credits for buyouts, idiots. Um, But basically one move, and all of a sudden, Julian Breezeball freed up $7.3, $7.4 million. And then you go from looking at that team and being like, all right, how are they going to find a way to keep both Nick Paul and Andre Palat to now they have, you know, a, a decent little chunk of cap space once they put Brent Seabrook in LTIR and they'll be able to sign Palat and maybe even find a D-man somewhere. So yeah, they're in a great spot. That was a great move. Point here. Got to make some cap trades. It could be done. Yep. But to Rick's point, your players cannot be shit. Otherwise, and this, and this is this is Holland's first opportunity to make one of those types of moves. And uh, I think by all accounts, I think we're going to see it. But it could turn into a, a quality player instead, right? It's not going to. It may. It may be just losing the money, but it actually may turn into a a, a situational player instead. We'll see what happens. So that's where I'm going to end off before we get to ask the idiots. If you have to offer one bold prediction for draft week that's coming up here, what do you got? You got a bold take that you think Ken Holland will be able to do? Uh, my I, bold take is we don't pick in the first round. Do you see that as trading backwards or trading as part of a package? Probably a package. Let's go package. It's time for the package. I'd like to see it too. Dan, what were you going to say? 
my bold take is I don't think I'm going to watch one second of the draft. I have to be honest, this, this time of year is no longer entertaining to me. I want the Stanley cup playoffs back. I find that the first round is extremely long. <laughs> yeah. And now See, the, this is this, this to me is the start of next year already. Yep. Like this is, this is the beginning. This is yeah. the beginning. I'm salivating. Let's get to the season. We got to get through this. I mean, this is, if you've played, if you, like I grew up playing uh, NHL on, on, on EA sports, right? Bam. This is how you start off. This is the beginning of the year. Let's go. See, I'm, I'm the kind of person that would simulate. I always simulated my drafts or I would trade all of my draft picks away so I could just skip the draft. I got you got to build from within. <laughs> you got to build from within. Tyler, what's your bold take on draft week? Can I just, just piggybacking on that? There's nothing better in those video games. And maybe Rick will be the only one who relates to me. than when you draft and develop a computer generated player, you're like year yeah, 10, I used to year 10 in your franchise. And you're like this guy who is AI generated, just won the heart trophy for me. And I picked him and developed him. Damn it. I sent him back that extra year. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay. My bold, uh, my bold take here is that we will see three players off the active roster traded by the end of the seventh round on Friday, three players who, off the active ooh, roster. Wow. And who are they? Barry Pugliarvi and one of Fogel or Cassian. Woo. Uh, my bold prediction will be that the return for Yessa Pugliarvi will cause people that are even his most staunch defenders to go, hey, you know what? I'm curious to see how this goes. That is as bold as it gets around here. Hey, look, if you look at Ken Holland's last couple of moves, it's been good, man. There's a, there's a swing. Go, there's a thing going on in that that uh, organization. I don't think everybody realizes I can't remember who I was reading yesterday. They pointed out the last three moves. I think there's a little more uh, analytics being spoken about or looked at uh, from behind the scenes. I also saw someone who was like, Ken Holland's on a heater, baby. Three straight good moves. Kulak, Kane, and uh, what was the other one? There was something else in there. Woodcroft is the coach. Yeah, Woodcroft is the coach. And then it was like, what about the Broussard deal? Like, that wasn't a good move. Like, I mean, we can't just like, you know, X out Whoa. the bad moves and be like, well, those didn't happen. Like the Broussard deal was a bad trade. They shouldn't have done it. They should have saved the pick. I kind of forgot that the Broussard trade happened. Well, okay. That's how inconsequential it was. I'm so glad it came up here because it didn't come up at the press conference at the end of the year. And I thought that was insanity. Like, I know that I understand that there's only a limited amount of questions you can ask, but like, how is that not a conversation of like, you made a trade for assets that a guy that saw the ice for six minutes in the playoff. And did you trade kill for it all? <laughs> It was like a fourth. Yeah, round that was, yeah, that, that was, what I mean, what do you like? That was, that was a depth type of move that it was a just in case it was a safety maneuver. Yeah. yeah but still, uh, you, could, you could look at the fact that Brad Malone played over him in the playoffs. Shore played yep. over him in the playoffs. And it's like, okay, maybe you should have just sat there and been like, we have enough guys who can moonlight on our fourth line. We don't need to go spend a fourth round pick for Derek Broussard. What you guys are not recognizing fair, I mean, is sure, that sure was ahead of him anyways, I think. Yeah, probably. And what you guys are also not recognizing is Derek McC Derek Broussard makes a hell of a spinach dip. <laughs> if I put a lineup of six guys up right now, do you think you could pick Derek Broussard out of it? Just to look out like, a, how, like how a close are the other guys going to look like? Do Derek you remember? Broussard? Like, <laughs> yeah, do you I remember would. who he what he looks like? Because I don't. Yeah, I would. I, candy I bar lineup? I would. What's that? We, Is this the candy bar lineup? Yeah, we uh, we saw him in LA walking through the streets of LA, bag no? If we did, yeah. We did. And I also, I really liked him when he played for Columbus. So I, I think I would be okay at that game. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, but it's time for Ask the Idiots. Wait. As you can tell from that last two minutes or three minutes, what? Go ahead. Waiting. Before we get to Ask the Idiots, we need uh-huh. to pause for an ad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's another ad, busterspizza.ca. Go check them out. They've got a location near you. Whether you want some pizza, a donair, pasta, they've got it all for you. And I promise there's a location near you, busterspizza.ca. All right, boys, I got three questions for you. These came in over the last week or so. Um, Some are hockey related, some are not. So let's get to it. Tyler, you're up first on my screen. You're the big one. So you can get rid of, you can add any of these three rules to the NHL. Which are you picking? One, get rid of no trade clauses to specific teams, but keep no movement clauses for family men who want to stay put in one location. That's your option one. So get rid of no trades. Two, every time Edmonton is on a player's no trade list, we get a fixed amount of money added to our salary cap. Or three, the salary cap is adjusted for local taxes so that places like Florida do not have an advantage in that respect. Okay. Um, I will add the first one. And I will, because I like the idea of like, okay, if you want a no movement clause, you stay in one spot. You get a no movement clause. And if you're going to waive it, then whatever, but like none of this, like five team list, 10 team list, 15 team list that starts in 2023 and then ends in, you know, August of 2020. Like I'm sick of that. So add the first one. The third one I'll add is where actually, no, the third one I'm not going to add. I think that advantage isn't as great as some people like to chalk it up to be. Um, like again, your taxes are way more complicated than just where you sign, right? Like your tax on where you are that day. Yeah. So like yeah. when the Oilers go to LA, like they have taxes to pay there. And, and I think in California, you have like an entertainer's tax, like an out-of-state entertainer's tax. I think it's very, it's a lot more complicated than even I probably understand. And this comes from an interview Alan Walsh did on the DFO rundown where he talked about it a little bit. So the third one I'm not going to add 
while it's a good idea in principle, we don't need the salary cap being more complicated than it is where, you know, like, oh yeah, the Habs are allowed to spend 86.425 million and the Oilers are allowed to spend 81.325, but they have eight players on LTIR. So they can act like, it's just, no, let's just make it more simple, not more complicated. Uh, Dan, which of those three rules are you adding to the NHL? You get rid of I'm no sorry. trades. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm sorry to the listener. I'm not adding any of those. I think that the existence of a no trade clause is like a thing that just exists. And if as a GM, you don't have to include it if you don't want to, but it's a, it's a part of the game. Um, and I, I think for a long time, I've been more of the opinion that we need to get closer to uh, European sports and just have a free for all on transactions and it is what it is. And, you know, stop trying to even the playing field just based on the fact that Edmonton is not as, you know, illustrious of a place as Florida, like Edmonton should be able to create a hockey team of players that get that and understand that and aren't all about the sunshine and that kind of crap. So I'm going to say none of them. Sorry, listener. Rick, which of those three rules are you potentially adding to the NHL? Well, I can't do number one because just be a family man doesn't mean you could go to do whatever. Um, and number three, I didn't like that. But number two, isn't that we just get extra money? Yeah, every time Edmonton is on a player, yeah, no trade list. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, you I will, miss out on this? I was also going to take that one because it's just like Edmonton seems to be on quite a few players, no trade list. So this, if we this, can is, just, a, this is a rumor. This is a rumor. But, rumor? I, before, but let's, let's face it. Let's face it. Uh, even when Connor and Leon were here two years ago, there wasn't a lot of... Um, a lot of success and, and it's just kind of that's where you leave yourself as, a, as an organization with you don't have a lot of success you're going to be in that in that spot if there's 10 teams out there you're going to you're always going to you're going to fall in there for a lot of a lot of people but um now that you're out now things are going to be a little bit different you've got to readjust your culture and, and make sure you don't end up down there again hold on rick milan lucic signed there's nothing as a wrong free agent here and he wanted exactly. to sign with us and he milan wanted lucic signed as a free agent and he wanted to be here forever so like let's not talk about how Edmonton isn't a destination. and hasn't always been a destination. Well, there are, pl- there are plenty of players enough. that don't want to play in Edmonton. So just to answer this question, I am taking that cap space bump. That's what I'm going to take. Cause that's my option. That's fair. Uh, question number two, Dan, I'm starting with you. If you could gain the skills of any all-star player past or present for one game, who would you choose and what team do you want to play against? Um, I, I guess you could be I'm Mecha gonna, Dan. You could yeah. be Mega Dan for one game. And who's it going to be? I'm going to choose. I'll choose. I'll go off the board. I, I feel like the, the typical answers of Gretzky or whatever. I'm going to choose Bobby Probert. And I'm going to go back into one of those matchups against the Chicago Blackhawks of old. So, uh, yeah, I take on Bob Probert's skill and, and just fight people for a game. Dan, Dan wants to fight. I like it. Uh, check out hockeyfights.com. Uh, Tyler. McDavid which... speed. Simple. Easy. I want to do that. That'd be cool to skate that fast. Against two. Boring. I'll play the flames and I'll beat them. <laughs> Rick. Uh, I'm taking like, uh, let's go. I've always enjoyed this position. I've always, I love playing in that. I've never really done it, but whenever I get the chance to put the pads on and go do it, I band on the first guy in line. So I'm going to go with, I, you know, I'm going to go with Hasek. I'm going to go with his skills. because I think he like, uh, I think he rips your heart out a little bit more where the, you know, you get that scorpion out there. You thought you had an empty net 
and you, you fired it and he kicked that leg up and he really just rips your heart out. Whereas, you know, you look, come down on wall and you just can't see past him. So, you know, that puck's not going in. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to take Hasek just because that extra little creation of uh, heartbreak that he can give you. And it's always going to be Kit's Calgary. Uh, just to be different again, because I was going to pick Connor because it'd be the most fun. I'm going to say Chris Pronger and I want to cross check someone in the face and <laughs> that's going to be against the Calgary Flames. In the corner, I'm going to be going in there. I'm going to be huge and I will cross check you in the face, in the back, in the neck. And I will not be penalized for those cross checks either because <laughs> it's, 19, uh, it's 1996 and that's the way we play it. I was close exactly. to going with Scott Stevens for that reason alone. Uh, question number three, ask the idiots. This one's just kind of off the board. Rick, what is the worst decade for music? Oh, shit. I, uh, man, I think it gets, well, it doesn't get worse and worse, but I know the seventies, I don't think this, well, the seventies are okay. Let's go with the forties. I don't know nothing about that. Yeah. I was going to say something around then too. Cause like whenever, like if you ever Google what skiffle music is, whenever skiffle music was popular, I don't need that shit. So that was probably like the fifties <laughs> or forties or something. I don't know. Tyler, what's the worst decade for music? Yeah. I'm just going to roll with you guys. I'm not a huge like music guy. So I'll <laughs> say forties or fifties or something like that. I don't know. There's no way anyone's going to like get offended about this and leave us a bad review. Right. You know what? <laughs> well, let's see Tyler. Real music. Let's see with my, those, those have those, those Habs fans who are in their twenties back in the thirties, uh, they're going to be very upset. Well, they're all dead, dead now. Dan, I haven't seen Dan one will, since I got, well, like Dan I said, they were in their, they were in their twenties yes. back in the thirties. They're, they're dwindling away. Dan was the worst decade for music. It's the nineties. I hated music in the nineties when I was, that's when I was growing up too. So that's, so that's even better. So like I said, Tyler, let's find out if people hate me, but uh, yeah, it's the nineties for me. I just, I didn't find all that stuff good. And I like the two thousands. So there you go. That is just shocking from Dan. Okay. I'm glad I was sitting down. Now I got to pick a winner. We got to pick a winner here. So the three options are which rule you adding to the NHL? Whose skills do you want or worst decade for music? Those are your three options, boys. Worst decade in music. That's Dan. Tyler. Finally got to say the 90s suck. Oh, what do I want to do here? Um, uh, I'm going to do the first one, the cap one. Rick, which who gets the win for you? Yeah, you uh, music was, or uh, all star skills. Yeah, I like the I like the skill one because it uh, it has me killing uh, the flames hopes. All right, so then that means I am the tiebreaker here. I think you are all fantastic individuals. You all ask very great questions, but the winner of the gift card from our friends at Buster's Pizza is going to Mia. She asked which rude we, uh, rule we would add to the NHL and gave us a couple of different options, a couple of different looks. So I will say, Mia, congratulations. You just won a gift card from Buster's Pizza. Bag milk I, likes me more. Know, I was just going to say the listener should know Tyler took as much joy out of that as win as you did. Yep. <laughs> well, way she goes, you know, way she goes. Um, just as another rule that I would probably add to the NHL, I would love if we just let the teams pick a franchise player. How's that? I would like that rule added into the NHL. Pick a franchise player. Then the rest is your cap as it is. Connor's our franchise player. Then you can do whatever else with what's left. That's another rule. Oh, so your franchise player is not under your salary cap. He's exempt. I actually even like the idea of like, if you wanted to create some just absolute chaos in the league, if you wanted more drama in the offseason, franchise players can only be franchise tagged 
for three seasons. So the Oilers only get three seasons of McDavid being off their cap. And I think that would then cause either, you know, they pay McDavid like 20 mil a season for those three years and just kind of have like a wink, like you're going to take a nice team friendly deal next. All right, Connor. And then like you can franchise tag Leon for the next three. And then like whoever for the three after that, (laughs) or you would all of a sudden sit there and if you're the Oilers, Bad example here. I'm going to move to another franchise. If you're the Leafs, <laughs> if you're the Leafs, and you've had Austin Matthews franchise tagged for three years, and the Lightning have Braden Point franchise tagged for three years, it might create a ton of like superstar for superstar swaps where they're like, "Hey, we want to pay this guy franchise years." Yeah, because but like we can <laughs> franchise tag the guy we bring in, but we can't franchise tag our guy anymore, so we're going to swap him. That's why I ended yeah. the McDavid analogy early. <laughs> Thank you very okay, much. So who does the who does the Arizona in this scenario who do the Arizona Coyotes list as their franchise tag? Travis Boyd. <laughs> like, I like <laughs> I like if you if you name your franchise player, he's your franchise player till his contract's up. Yeah, you could do that as well. Some, but sometimes sometimes your friend because you know what? Sometimes your franchise player is gonna be paid. You're, you're gonna take a save a lot of money, and sometimes you're gonna be saving, you know, he's gonna be your fourth highest player. The Leafs Paid in 2013 player. would have like franchise tag David Clarkson and not been able to get out of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So that's my additional rule that I would add. Franchise tags. Listen to me. I've got excellent ideas. Uh, another thing I want to mention is... Oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that. So it is time for hot and cold performers. Do you have our buttons there, Tyler? Or are we making mouth buttons? Yeah, we're making mouth noises today, guys. All right. Wah, wah, wah. For that'll Twig be and Berries. Yep, that'll be one of them. Absolutely. Uh, so for our friends at twigandberries.ca, this is a hot and cold performers. You head on over to twigandberries.ca and use Nation15. You will get 15% off your order. Or if you're in St. Albert, go check out their shop. Check out the website. Plan your order. Check it out in person. I think that's a good idea. I'm looking at some of these ODR collection right now. I like it. And I think you would too. There you go. I also have the Connor hoodie. It is excellent. It's very warm. I recommend that you get one. So as we do every week, boys, we start off with our veggies for the Twig and Berries Cold Performer of the Week. Nation Dan, I'm looking at you up first, your Twig and Berries Cold Performer of the Week. Uh, my Twig and Berries Cold Performer of the Week is going to go out to the comment warriors that just seem to keep ruining our access that we get to players and their families and their friends. It's just... It seems like more and more and less and less we're seeing little peaks in behind the curtain of these uh, these players that we do enjoy to get the peaks of uh, because of the comments that people are making towards them. So you're going to get my cold performer of the week. Oh, that's cold. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Tyler, you're up first or you're up next. I should say your Twig and Berry's cold performer of the week. My cold performer of the week is the Toronto Blue Jays who have now lost four games in a row. They are struggling. It is hurting my wallet, but I'm confident they will bounce back tonight against the poverty Oakland athletics. So uh, win me back my money, Blue Jays. But until then, you're my cold performer of the week. Bum, 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 bum. Wow. Rick, you're next. Your Twig and Berry's cold performer of the week. I was going to go with the Blue Jays, but I'll switch it up now. We're going to give it to both sides of the uh, the very vocal on the Pooley RV uh, debate um regardless of what happens i was hoping there there'd be a chance for him to stay and even if he does i think it's going to be a toxic environment created by a bunch of people who whatever just like to yell and argue all the time so um even if we were able to convince him to stay i think it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a, a sour go from here on in um 
so yeah, just everybody involved in this, you guys are all, yeah, yeah, it sucks. You're as cold as ice. There you go. Uh, my twig and berries cold performer of the week is fucking poplar trees. Mm. My yard looked like it was snowing for a long time and now it's finally done. But there was a 10 day stretch in there where I couldn't breathe. My friggin' allergies were kicking off and poplar trees. There's two massive ones around my house and they are to blame. So poplar trees, you get my twig and berries cold performer of the week. Uh, burr. 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 Thank you. Flipping the ledger. Let's finish off the podcast on a positive note with our hot performers of the week. My twig and berries hot performer of the week. I'm stealing it. Mike Greer just named as the GM of the San Jose Sharks, a former oiler first black GM in NHL history. I think that's super cool. I loved the video that he put out on the shark social media, just saying it's time to get to work and get this ship on the rails. Hopefully he doesn't do too good of a job though. I'm happy for him, but I don't want him to do too good of a job because they are in our division. So Mike, you think he's going to do his shoulder trick in the dressing room for the boys? He might. He might. I mean, if that doesn't inspire you, I don't know. It will. So Mike Greer, you are my hot performer of the week. Uh, feeling hot, 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 hot. hot. There we go. We are in sync. We are in sync on that one. Rick, you're up next. Your Twig and Berries hot performer of the week. Uh, this is easy. It's it goes to the time of year. This is like I said before. This is the beginning of the hockey season. This is the beginning of the video game time. This is where you sit down. You 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 fiddle with your team. You make these moves here, there, everywhere. You get your draft, your trades. You get you know. It's it's just a fun time of year. Um, so yeah, we're just going to give it to the hockey schedule right now. I I'm a big fan of right now. He's a hot guy. Nation dad, you're up next Your Twig and Berry's hot performer of the week. Uh, it's off season. I like these in season, uh, mentions, but I'm going to go completely off the board and I'm going to give my hot performer of the week to the water warriors of Yeg. Uh, it's an organization here in town that does some wonderful work with our homeless population. And, uh, this week I was able to take one of their free courses on the lock zone kit training. Uh, so highly recommend you head over to your pharmacy, local pharmacy, ask for an naloxone kit and have one of those around you. Uh, if you didn't know, we're in the middle of an opioid crisis, but my huge shout out is going to go to water warriors. Yeg for teaching me how to use my kit properly. You get my hot performer of the week. It's getting hot in here. So hot. So hot. <laughs> Tyler, you're up next. Your twig and berries hot performer of the week. My hot performer of the week is going to the Evan Durant trade saga. I love it. This is part of what makes the NBA so much fun is that the trades are insane. We've already seen like a five for one deal this offseason, And now one of the game's all time best players is on the move or could be on the move. And Toronto is reportedly one of the best options. And not only that, Kevin Durant absolutely buying into the trolling in this thing. If you go to his Instagram and look at who he's following. Oh, he's recently followed Drake. Two of Drake's closest friends, Austin Matthews, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Fred Van Vliet. Kevin Durant, man, he's making good theater. It is fun to refresh Twitter and see all the talk about a potential superstar coming up north to Toronto. So I love it. I'm here for it. I'm all in. NBA offseason, hot performer of the week. Oh, that's hot. So <laughs> that's not even fun. that was the oh, that's cold, but that's good. You repurposed it. I have to hot or I have. I have to ask though, you don't like the you don't like the drama around the Jesse Pugliarvi, but you love the drama around the Durant. Is that just yeah. because we could get him? Yeah, like the raps getting yeah. him is exciting. Also, like 
the Durant thing's fresh. You know, if this lingers yeah. like six months, then I'll probably be annoyed. <laughs> and if I have to talk about it on a million podcasts, I'd also be annoyed. The there Durant thing's just fun for me. Uh, not a very hot performer that I just want to say, Dan, I don't know if you saw it or the other boys, if you saw it, is uh, Zhu Guan Yu for getting out of that crash oh, yes. on the weekend yeah. unscathed. Like that they wouldn't show for like 20 minutes. Madness. Well, and I got it too, because they were explaining, right? Like, we're not going to show yeah. it because we don't know how he's doing. But like, once they confirmed <laughs> that he was okay, they just kept like, talking. Man, you, they just kept showing it over and over and over again yeah. from different car perspectives. It's just, man, good thing for the halo on that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a piece of technology that if you haven't been following F1 for a while, it was very controversial when they first introduced it because of sight lines, because of the look of it. It's the halo design. It's the thing that you see above their cockpit. And that is what kept you alive, basically. And it's done it previous times before. Lewis Hamilton had a tire resting on his helmet that was stopped by the halo. So, yeah, it's a, it's an impressive thing that they created. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it. I'm just going to take, get you to take a minute, go to Twitter or social media and just do a quick search for that, for that crash. It is absolutely gnarly. Um, but again, like I said, hot performer, he got out. Okay. Even posted a nice little selfie on social after. And I think that's pretty sweet. Other than the, that, the, the lack of injuries these guys walk away from, and this is what yes. blows my mind. Like, you Unreal. see that and you're like, come on, that dude's going to need like the day off tomorrow. Oh yeah. And he's walking around eating a sandwich later on. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how they can almost literally walk away from those. And how often. Yeah. It's amazing. Like if you look at the cars now compared to what they were like years ago, like those drivers are very lucky to be racing in this era. Um, back to the draft real quick before just we shut it down. Tyler, what's on the agenda for you at the draft and just what's coming with daily face-off and everything else that people can watch out for? Yeah, we'll be doing uh, three straight daily face-off shows live at 10 o'clock mountain or 10 a.m. mountain time, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We got a new episode of the DFO rundown dropping tomorrow morning as well. That should be out. I'm hoping for around 9, 9.30 mountain time as well. So uh, crushing those two out tomorrow. We're going to be doing some video content with our boy, Frank. I'm thinking of maybe dropping like a mini Saravali only. Let's hear some Oilers rumblings episode of this podcast, but uh, we'll see if the schedules line up for things like that. So uh, as always, keep it locked on our YouTube, both the Daily Faceoff YouTube and the Nation Network YouTube, which is very close to 3,000 subscribers, and that would be fantastic. What, a, what about your late night? Uh, what, what do you got planned for the late later in the evening? Uh, going to a steakhouse tonight with Mr. Sarah Volley, and uh, we will see where the night goes from there. I will say, I, I said I'm not going to watch one minute of the coverage. That meant that I'm going to only be on dailyfaceoff.com and all the Nation Let's, Network websites. That boy, Dan. That goes without saying, you know? Yes. I don't need to watch anything because I got Daily Faceoff on my homepage. Mm. There you go. Draft week coming up while we're here. This week's a little different, though. Thursday, Friday is the draft, not the usual Friday, Saturday. But by the end of the weekend, we'll have a better idea of what the Oilers have got going on heading into free agency, which kicks off on July 13th. So for DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Buster's Pizza, and Twig and Berries, I'm Bag Milk saying thank you for listening. For Rick, Tyler, and Dan, Oilers Nation Radio episode 210 is in the books. Shout out Derek Broussard. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 